0: amen amen thank you so much thank you david for leading us in worship for leading us into the presence of god to sing these songs of hosanna hosanna hoshiana um, singing praises to god and how marvelous how marvelous and we, we, we hear uh, the birds tweeting outside just singing praises along with us. Isn't it it's so beautiful? Uh, yesterday wasn't very good. Last night, our basement flooded. I'm sure some of you had trouble as well. Uh, and um, now we have nice sunshine outside, the windows open, and uh, just listening to uh, God's creation Praising him, how marvelous, how wonderful, how marvelous, how wonderful. We had a very good time of prayer this morning. Uh, For those of you who are able to join, I would truly encourage you to join from 8.30 to 9.30. We have a beautiful and a very powerful time of prayer. Um, And uh, we pray for the whole congregation. We pray for the whole fellowship. We pray for our friends, for our needs, for, uh, for uh, health issues that people are going through, for emotional issues, pray for our kids, because prayer is so, so very important. And one of these days, we will be able to come together, but for now, we are able to come together through this amazing, amazing medium called the internet, uh, through Zoom. Uh, we are able to... Uh, meet each other and and uh, pray with each other so i would encourage us to continue to do this not just during this time but make zoom calls to each other just just as god leads you to you know call each other up and say hey what can we pray about and and reflect on perhaps a verse of the day that god has laid on your heart and your mind we are going through a very special time um during uh, these these days, um, it, 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 the 21st of May, uh, according to the calendar of the church, uh, according to the calendar of Christianity, is called Ascension Sunday. So Thursday is the day on which Jesus rose and he ascended into heaven. He rose on the resurrection Sunday and 40 days after that, he ascended into heaven and this of course has been uh for those of you who have been uh following uh, news you know that this has been a hard day a hard week for uh, for me because my very very close friend and mentor Ravi Zacharias has uh, ascended into heaven and uh, and that's not that's not a hard thing that's a beautiful thing he, he he suffered with uh, uh, with cancer uh, for two months. It took him two months from the time he was diagnosed with this very, very rare form of uh, bone cancer after a back surgery. They discovered that. Uh, it took him two months. And uh, he is with Jesus, the Lord that he loved so much while he was alive and the Lord that he continues to love. Um, the hard thing is when you're not able to go and uh, be a part of um, mourning with the family and uh, viewing the body. And those are important things that we go through in funeral services. And obviously, we're not able to do that now. So do continue to pray for Ravi Zacharias' family, um, for his wife, Margie, for the kids. and um and let's continue to realize that ascension sunday which is what today is gives us the realization that one day we will all be in the presence of god so kids would you open up your bibles your nice nirv adventure bible for early readers uh, the niv for um For early readers and and I want us to focus on a couple of texts today. Um, I want to mainly preach from uh, the sermon that Jesus would have given to his disciples on the Emmaus Road. Um, uh, But before I do that I want to reflect on today's day, Ascension Sunday, uh, the day of Ascension, because here's what it says in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is page number 1317, 1317, where it talks about how Jesus appeared to his disciples. It says, Until the day he was taken up to heaven, before Jesus left, he gave orders to the apostles, and he had chosen, and he did this through the Holy Spirit. After his suffering and death, which we remembered on Good Friday, And during the Passion Week, we remembered that he appeared to them. He appeared to them on the road to Emmaus, the Emmaus Road, and many, many other times. He proved that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. So that's what takes you to Thursday, the 21st of May. During that time, he spoke about God's kingdom. One day, Jesus was eating with them. He gave them a command, and Jesus enjoyed time of fellowship with his disciples that's so very important in in fellowship that's what redeemer life does best isn't it so jesus was eating with them he gave them a command in verse 4 it says do not leave jerusalem he said wait for the gift my father promised you have heard me talk about it john baptized with water but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that'll happen next Sunday, which is called Pentecost Sunday. Then the apostles gathered around him, verse 6, around Jesus and asked him a question. Lord, which means God, They realized Jesus is God. They said, are you going to give the kingdom back to Israel now? And he said to them, You should not be concerned about times or dates and all this talk. No, just let that go. The Father alone has set them by his own authority. But remember this, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Then you will tell people about me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And you will even tell other people about me from one end of the earth to the other all over. People will know through you. After Jesus said this, he was taken up to heaven. That is what is called ascension. The apostles watched until a cloud hid him from their sight. When he was going up, they kept on looking at the sky. Suddenly, two men dressed in white clothing stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? Come on, you should know better. This Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven, but he will come back in the same way you saw him go. And that's what Ascension Sunday means, that this Jesus who ascended into heaven will come back again. That's our hope. So yes, we do hear bad news because coronavirus is taking such a toll, and today is not a very good day. Because we have heard that uh, there's many, 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 many people um, who have uh, suffered bad consequences. Yes, even death, a hundred thousand. But then we look towards ascension, because Jesus rose from the dead. That's what this talks about. Our hope is in Jesus, and Jesus would have talked about that. He would have talked about that. Um, Because he would have reflected on on people like Elijah. And that's what I want to focus on today as we reflect on Ascension Sunday. I think Jesus, on the road to Emmaus, would have told his disciples, don't you remember what the Bible says about Elijah? Elijah was an amazing man. And he also ascended into heaven. And that is found in 2 Kings chapter 2. And your parents will help you to get to that. 2 Kings chapter 2. And I'm reading now from the New International Version. It says, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Just like Jesus went up. There's Elijah. And at the end of his career, God was about to take Elijah up into heaven, but uh, Elisha, his disciple, didn't want to leave him. And so he stuck with him. He stuck with him. Time and time again, he stuck with him. And and Elijah kept saying, Go away, Elisha, go away, go away. Let this be my private moment. But Elisha said, No, I'm going to stick with you. That's what. People do as they stick with those people who are their teachers. Just like I want to stick around with Rabbi Zacharias and those of his other disciples. So he stuck with him. When they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied, that's powerful. It's so important for us to be like those people who are our teachers, like your parents. It's so important for us to be like those who have gone on before us. And I'm so thankful that there are many, many who have followed teachers like Rabbi Zacharias and all this host of people that have gone on before us. Then it goes on to say, as they were walking along and talking together, verse 11 of Second Kings chapter 2, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind, just like Jesus went up to heaven. In Acts chapter 1, Elisha saw this and cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two pieces. So there are people like Elijah's. There are people like Elisha's. Elijah's are teachers, they're prophets. And then there are those that follow, just like Jesus had his 12 disciples. So who is this Elijah that Jesus talked about? Let's think about him a little bit, because we want to be like him, isn't it? We want to be like the prophet Elijah, uh, just like we want to be like others have gone on before me. In my case, I want to be more like uh, a teacher, like Ravi Zachari. He's like an Elijah figure. So many people came to know Jesus through this person called Rabbi Zacharias. The first thing we need to realize is, and this is found a little, a few chapters before this chapter I just read to you. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 16. It talks about a king. And his name was Ahab. And it says here about Ahab. Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He married. A woman, her name was Jezebel. She was the daughter of Et Baal. Baal, Baal was an awful, awful God. And he was the main God, this king whose daughter's name was Jezebel. And Ahab married her. And she brought in all that awful stuff that people do in those temples in Sidon into the people among the people of God. He set up an altar for Baal and the Temple of Baal and he built in Samaria. He also made an Asherah pole. These are awful, awful things. There's a lot of awful things, especially to girls and to women. And, and so that is the context. And it's so important for every person to know their locality, to know the context in which they will make a difference in society and my friend Ravi Zacharias as Jesus' presence now knew his locality unless we know our locality we will not have a message for our locality Elijah knew his locality Ravi Zacharias knew his locality those people who make a difference Always know their context and their locality. For us, is redeemer life. We need to know our locality. You, as kids, need to know your locality. What else? Then it goes on to say in First Kings chapter 17. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab. That's how we're introduced to Elijah. We know nothing about him. I mean, yes, his name is Elijah. And so the second lesson is that we need to know our identity. Elijah is a person who knew the meaning of his name. What's the meaning of his name? My God is the Lord. And he stood by that. It's so important for people who to make a difference in society. To make a difference in, among people around us to know who we are. If we don't know who we are, then we won't make a difference. So Elijah secondly knew his identity. He knew his locality and then he knew his identity. He was Eliyahu. Where was he from? Elijah also knew that he was just a Where well, Where's Tishbe? Well, we don't know where it's tishbe. tishbe. is Timbuktu. Well, we don't know where it is. No one knows where it is. Where was he from? The Bible says he was from Tishbe. And so he was a person who came from a non-entity place and he himself was a non-entity. You know, those people who make a difference in society are always people who don't consider themselves to be from among the who is Who? It's people who are non-entities. And thanks be to God that we are people who are non-entities. Yes, we know our locality. Yes, we know our identity. But we also should always consider ourselves to be non-entities because then glory goes to God. That's one of the things I learned from Rabbi Zachariah. And from some of the others who have gone on before, if you go and talk to them, there are people who always are so, so very humble. They are non-entities. The moment we think we are somebodies, Jesus will go far behind us and people will see us. And so Elijah was a Tishbite from Tishbe in gilead he was a non-entity fourthly look at him he's a non-entity but he goes to this king this king under whom there were so many thousands and thousands of people, so much land, and he was so powerful, he did evil things to so much, so many people, but this little guy, a non-entity, goes to Ahab, and he says to Ahab these words, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve. There'll be neither dew nor rain in the next few days, except at my word. And Ahab would have looked at him and said, what, who are you? Where did you come from? You look so awful. Come on, clean up, man. Go take a shower or something like that. Where are you from? But that's what people like Elijah do, right? They stand up to power. And never be scared of standing up to power because standing up to power with truth is very, very important because truth is God's truth. Here we see Elijah saying to him, his audacity we see, and then we also see his vivacity. So locality, identity, non-entity, audacity, and fifthly, his vivacity. He says, I'm coming before you, Ahab, because my God lives. That is the message of Jesus. Because he lives, he conquered death. That's the God of the Bible. He's a God of life. He's not a God of death. Because he lives, I come before you. Vivacity, resurrection. There is the sense of life, not mortality, but vivacity, life. And so Elijah goes before the king and he says, I want to proclaim life. But do you think Ahab wanted to listen to him? Oh, he wanted to drive him out. He wanted to kill him. And so God says to Elijah, it says here, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. That's the sixth mark of someone like Elijah. It's someone who proclaims vivacity because God lives, but it's also someone who lives, always lives in conformity. With the word of the Lord. That's one of the marks of people like Rabbi Zacharias and Elijah. And those people who make a difference in life are people who don't live according to their own thoughts, according to their own feelings, but it's people who are so enveloped by the word of the Lord. It, it's go the word that's used here it says and the word of the Lord came to him in Hebrew the word is then the word of the Lord became him. it, it structured him. it molded him because he was living by the word of God. That's the difference between Elijah and people who make a difference in people like us. We are not constantly molded by the word of the Lord. And so was Elijah. Notice what else hap- happens here. God says to him, I want you to leave here, turn eastward and hide in the brook, carrot, carrot ravine, east of the Jordan, you'll drink from the brook. And I have directed the ravens to supply you with food. The what? Ravens? But he goes. It's going to dry up. This brook will not last forever because there is drought here. But he goes. Why does he go? Because the word of the Lord has enveloped him. And with that comes the sense of adventure, this sense of courageous intrepidity. That's another long word, right? It, it essentially means someone who's adventurous. And you know, what Elijah tells us is live a life that's adventurous. There are too many Christians who are so boring, Christians, because we don't live according to the word of God. And we don't have any adventures in life. Here he goes and the ravens. In Hebrew, the word is Arabim, which means the wild ones. So we don't know. They may have been Arabs. We don't know. There would have been wild people. They could have been wild birds. We, we don't know that. But, but he was willing to be fed by the wild creatures of the world. This is courageous intrepidity. Then, eighthly, as we go on further, we see here that then the brook dries up and, and God says to him, I want you to go further. I want you to go further. Yeah, the, bro- the ravens have fed fatty all this time. You have drunk from the brook. Now, now, now that the brook has dried up, uh, you go on. And God says to him, I have directed a widow there to supply your food. And, and Elijah would have said, what? Widow? You know, widows were the most vulnerable people in ancient times. Even today in India, where I come from, widows are the most vulnerable people. And God says to Elijah, I have asked the widow to feed you. So Elijah goes, quite fascinating, huh? He wasn't saying, oh, no, no, rationally, Lord, this is not going to work out. This is not going to work out. What do you want me to do? And, and But he goes, he goes, and he goes there. He goes there. He finds his widow there. And as he looks at the widow, he says to her, can you go and get me something to eat? And, and she says, you know, this is just a little bit of dough that's left, a little bit of oil that's left. I'm going to make this last morsel of bread. It's like a chapati. It's like tortilla. I'm going to make one tortilla, one chapati, one roti. I'll feed it to my son. That's all we have. And then we're going to die. I'm going to see my son die. And Elijah says to him, "Go, go make it and bring it to me. That's pretty fascinating, huh? Because God will so work it out, he says, that this jar is not going to finish. This oil is not going to finish. Why? Because I live by the word of God. And she did that. Look at her faith. You know, very often it is the most vulnerable who are also people of credulity. That means they believe. And that's the kind of people that Elijah's and the Elijah's of the world would turn to. It's the most vulnerable. It's the widows who really know what it is to believe. And that should be the case in every church. We have to turn to widows, to the most vulnerable, because they will take us to a different plane because they believe. They believe. And so he does. And so he does. But right after that, this little boy dies and she comes to him. And she says, what's happened? What's happened? Why is my baby dead? My baby's dead. And, 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 and Elijah goes and prays for this little baby. It says here, then he stretched himself out, verse 29, on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, He said, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Do you see that word again? Lived, life, because he believed in a God who's a God of life. And it seems to me that that is the kind of Elijah's that are needed in society today people who do amazing stuff because God is a God of life and that is the commission that is given to Elijah's for today. Then of course he goes through several other journeys and and I'll I'll focus on on maybe just a couple of those right after that he goes to to to, to the to downtown and he and he says to this king again he appears to this king called Ahab and Ahab calls him a troubler he says you're a troubler you Elijah and Elijah says I am not the one who's made trouble for Israel verse 18 of chapter 18 but you and your father's family, look at what you've done. You've brought in all these gods and goddesses and made so much nonsense in, among God's people. And so then Elijah says, I'm going to go up to this mountain called Mount Carmel. It's a beautiful place. I've been there. I've spent time in prayer there. And Elijah went up before the people and said how long will you waver between two opinions if the Lord is God follow him but if Baal that awful other God that the Sidonians and other people worship is God follow him and the people said nothing then he prays and he says to these people to these priests of Baal you can do whatever you want to and and they beat themselves with knives and and did awful the, the, the people during those times uh, when they worshiped other gods and goddesses they did awful things to themselves and you know with knives and weapons and all that they cried to their god and and, and Elijah goes on to say to them shout louder shout louder verse 27 he said surely his god perhaps he is in in deep anguish your God is in deep anguish literally that's what it says in Hebrew Or, or maybe he's relieving himself and so he's having a little bit of fun also and he says shout louder do awful things to yourself keep going on doing what you're doing and Baal doesn't answer them then Elijah said to all the people come here and they came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. And he, as he repa- repaired it, he says, now I want you to put the sacrifice upon their stones. And he, and he says to them, pour water three times over, however how many times you want to. And they're dead. And then at the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah stepped forward, verse 36 And he prayed this, he says, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. And God answered his prayer because he was courageous. And all the people saw this. And they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Why? Because they see life. So people like Elijah are people who are not scared of encountering spiritual rivalry. Right in the midst of opposition, they're not scared. They're not just politically correct people. So that people are able to say that Jesus is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And there is a revival that takes place because that's what people realize. Then I want to return back to that scene where we started off. Right? Where this Elijah who's done amazing things because he knew his locality, because he knew his identity, because he knew that he was a non-entity, because he had audacity, because he had vivacity of resurrection power of God, because he went to people who are people of courageous intrepidity, went to the most vulnerable, because these are people from which he learned how to have faith in God. These are people who saw miracles because he was a person who was not scared of spiritual rivalry god says i'm going to take you up," and elisha follows him elisha is his disciple he follows elijah and as elijah goes up is what elisha says elijah's disciple It says, Elijah picked up Elijah's, Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him. He asked him first for a double portion of his spirit. Then he picks up this cloak. And then it says in verse 14: He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. And then he says, Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left. And he crossed over just like Moses crossed over many hundreds of years before that. Just like Elijah himself crossed over. He crossed over. But I want you to focus attention on that question. He says, where now is the Lord? The God of Elijah? And God answered. Do you know why? Because really the question that we should ask ourselves is where are the Elijahs of God today? Where are the Elishas of God today? So many times we live just a mundane kind of a Christian life because we are not like Elijah. We are not like Elisha. Where are the Elijah's of God today? Thankfully, there are a few like Ravi Zacharias. perhaps God is asking you the question, will you be an Elijah for me today? Will you be an Elisha for me today? Let's pray. And as you're praying with your parents, your children. Perhaps the Spirit of God is speaking to you and telling you, I want you to know your identity. I first want you to know your locality. I want you to know that you're nothing without me, a non-entity, only then can you have audacity and vivacity and credulity. Only then can you be used by me to bring about miracles and see spiritual rivalry and overcome that because I am the God of Elijah. And Elisha says Jesus to you. Would you come before him and ask, answer the question, Will you be an Elijah for me? Will you be an Elisha for me? During these days of the coronavirus crisis, will you? Oh Lord, I pray, I pray O oh Lord for my brothers and sisters, My brothers and sisters in Redeemer life, help us Lord to be Elijah in our society today. We are done with just a mundane Christian life. We want to be an Elijah. Today, we wanna thank you for people like Ravi Zacharias, for people like Billy Graham. We know Lord that there were ordinary people like Elijah whom you used because they stepped forward for your light to shine. And so do we want to step forward to be Elijah. If that is your prayer, my sister, my brother, in Redeemer life, I pray that God would use you greatly. I pray that God would make his face shine upon you so that people will see Jesus and the power of Jesus. May that power fill you and use you, do miracles through you, Speak power through you to human power. And may you know the peace that transcends all understanding till Jesus come back again. The same Jesus who arose just like Elijah arose and ascended. May he come back and be glorious in our midst. To that end, may your presence, may you see God's presence in your presence. In this week, in the days to come, in all the days that will follow, in the name of the risen and ascended Lord Jesus, We pray, amen.